This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael in the studio. And today with me, day number four, Thursday, is Pastor Andy Doyle. Uh, Pastor Andy is the campus pastor at Christ Community Church in Bartlett, Illinois. And a true story, um, he was an American Idol finalist and uh, was on America's Top Model. So um, if you see just an incredible vocalist (laughs) from England (laughs) who is model quality, it's going to be Pastor Andy. (laughs) True story. Yeah, true true story. story. Um, We don't lie, we're pastors. So today's question is about Andy's personal physical disability. Um, Andy has two hearing aids, has experienced hearing loss. And before I just give you any of it, Andy, I'd love for you to tell the story, um, share with us kind of the origins, um, how it's evolved, and just kind of tell us your story, because I know that your story um, connects um, with your disability and your relationship with God and all of those come together. So balls in your court. Thanks, Michael. Uh, I started getting hearing loss at the age of 14. I was diagnosed with a condition called Meniere's disease. Uh, Typically is later onset in life. People maybe in their 60s and 70s develop it, but I got it at 14. And what that causes is a fluid imbalance in your inner ears uh, that over time uh, damages your hearing. So symptoms are a lot of disabling vertigo attacks and then progressive tinnitus, which gets worse, and then over time hearing loss. So as things stand today, I am We've got about 20% hearing in my right ear and probably about 50% hearing in my left ear. Very, very grateful for technology and how it's advanced. Uh, But I do need to lip read typically. If someone's speaking to me and I can't see their lips, I'm not sure what they're saying. Uh, I have a hard time even going to a cinema knowing what people say. So I, I watch TV with subtitles. I say what a lot. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's an ongoing condition, uh, So from the age of 14, I started getting it. Uh, I'd get a lot of dizzy attacks, a lot of uh, hearing loss. What that did, I grieved that process. So probably about 14, 15, I was really thinking, why me? Um, I was aware it's degenerative disease. I thought maybe I'll go deaf uh, really soon. I remember one of my fears as a teenager being, how will I ever get married if I'm deaf and how will I ever have children? Obviously, it doesn't impact your fertility, but I remember thinking, I've always wanted to be a dad and I really want to hear kids laugh. And so that was just one of the fears I had in an early age. Combined with a few other things in my late teens, um, it meant that I self-medicated uh, my desire for for love uh, in in all the wrong ways. So I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I grew up in a a secular family in England, and I did what a lot of of other teenagers in England did, which was uh, drink, use drugs uh, from my early teens. And so by my early 20s, I had some pretty severe addictions. In the midst of that process, Um, I was very much aware that I wasn't in control of my life. I'd been aware of that through my hearing loss at the age of 14. I wanted to hear well, and yet I physically couldn't. And then I was very much aware of that with my addictions. Uh, Addictions, they start off what you think harmless enough. 
and then they just turn into this unmanageable uh, problem. One of the best descriptions I've had of addictions is uh, the source was apprenticed by Goethe, and uh, the apprentice opens the jar of spirits just to have a little peek, and they all come flooding out in the room, and he's not able to control them or put put the lid back wow. on the jar. That's pretty much what addictions look like. And so uh, it brought me to a stage, I think I was 26, where I was uh, addicted to cocaine, ecstasy, uh, drink issues but not uh, daily and I've been smoking marijuana pretty much every day for two, 10 years so I was in a place where uh, I didn't like me didn't like myself I wanted to change the future didn't know how to I didn't want to be an addict anymore I didn't know what that looked like I was afraid of death I was afraid of the future and I had a, a strong sense of uh, purposelessness in my life and uh, a friend from work um, I was a functional addict, which is always the worst type. <laughs> so mm. the functional addict means mm. you never get bad enough that you can't uh, function. You can still pay your bills. It means that the addiction tends to last longer. So someone from work invited me to an outreach event in Cambridge in England. It's called Christianity Explored, and it just looks through the, the book of Mark at who Jesus was and his claims. And I went to that outreach event, and I heard who Jesus was. I heard that the Gospels are as historically trustworthy as any book you you're going to get um, multiple times more, in fact, from an antiquity. And I heard that Jesus had died for my sins. So I, I got to that point on the 10th of February 2003 of feeling out of control in my life with hearing loss, feeling out of control with addictions and feeling like a sinner and thinking, I need Jesus. I wasn't sure if it was going to work or not. Uh, I spoke to a, a table leader at that event and said, I'm here with my friends from work. They know me as Andy, the guy that works for this finance firm. Uh, to be honest, that's not who I am. I feel like a, a lost little boy with, with terrible addictions, and I'm afraid of the future. And this American lady uh, called Carla Willett, she said, Andy, just ask Jesus into your life. And I remember thinking, that's cheesy. You're American, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> so that night at midnight, I, I, I prayed what I now know as the sinner's prayer. I said, Jesus, I'm sorry for living my own way. Uh, please uh, come into my life. I want to live for you now. Um, please forgive my sins. I can't remember the exact words, but the heart was, was one of repentance. And the heart was, I want to live for you, Jesus, not for myself. And at that moment, I felt forgiven. It was a, a strong, tangible, physical feeling. I'm aware now that that's not normal experience, but it, it was certainly mine. Um, what that did then was a couple of weeks utter joy and elation of, wow, there's a God and he loves me and he's real, uh, to a sense of, hang on a minute, if Jesus is real and the gospel is true, how come no one has ever shared uh, that with me before? I'm 26 and I've never heard the gospel before. So that kind of gave me a, what I describe as a righteous indignation. So since that moment, I have just been committed to living my life to share the gospel with people. Um, my hearing loss is an integral part of that. So when I came to faith, uh, within a couple of months, my addictions completely went um, however, my hearing loss didn't. So it was very much a case of, God, you can do miracles. You've made me no longer an addict. Come on, just fix my hearing. And, and he's chosen not to. So it's it's been an ongoing journey of trust with him, knowing that he has power, where I see answered prayer in lots of different people's lives. But there's also a sense of, yep, but you're not going to heal, heal my hearing. And I, I just need to trust you with that. I want to read um, John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. Here's what it says. 
And he, Jesus, passed by. He saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, Jesus, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. And then the lie is that um, if you have a physical disability, it's because um, somebody did something wrong or it was God visiting the children to punish them for something the mom or dad did, which obviously is not true. Amen, Andy. That's correct. Jesus answered. It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Um, as you as you look at your you know your disability, God is not arbitrary. He is not random. He, he, like this didn't catch him off guard. Obviously, this probably might have even been a catalyst that led you down a path to know the depth of your sin. Um, maybe this was a part of your unique story. I'm not sure. So, how has God used your um, hearing loss to make much of Him and to bring you to a place where God gets more glory through your life? Definitely, uh, immediately, it, I I don't think I would have been as much as an addict as quickly, so I wouldn't have come to the bankruptcy as quickly as I did without hearing loss. I came to like a moral bankruptcy or an awareness of it quicker mm-hmm. than some people, um, just because of how uh, my addictions were manifesting. So it gave me an acute awareness of my need of God. It gave me an acute awareness of my lack of control in my own life. And what that I discovered is that there is a God who loves me. There's a God who loves me so much. He gave his son Jesus to die on the cross for me. And he loves me so much and trusts me uh, bizarrely that he wants me to partner with him in sharing that good news with others. So it helped me understand my humanity. So the, the Institutes of Calvin's religion, book one, paragraph one, it says no God and no self. And from a perspective, it means if you really understand your sinfulness, uh, you'll know that you need God. And at the same time, if you really understand God's holiness, you'll also understand that you can't save yourself. And that was very much the case of my hearing loss. I was just aware of my own mortality, my own uh, humanity and frailty, Mm. that I I needed something other uh, to save me. And lots of us are in the illusion that we can just work harder, try harder, do better, and, and life will go well. So I look back on the hearing loss as something merciful even though it was painful. Uh, where it works now for, for God to get glory is bizarrely, I've, I've been told I'm a good listener. Um, yeah. I don't know what people are saying, but I interrupt less. <laughs> <laughs> so what that means That's is good. I will genuinely, when, when people are sharing and talking with me, I, I listen and uh, listen attentively to make sure I'm getting everything. I will typically get about 90% of what people are saying, but in that process, people are able just to share a lot more. So in any counseling situation, the, the aim is to help that person share stuff and to help uh, collaboratively help them figure stuff out within that. So it's just meant that um, I interrupt less and listen better. I'm not sure my wife would always <laughs> agree with that, but God God has used that for me just to be able to have a compassion for people to, to listen to their story well. And I think it gives me a, um, a bit of credibility in I still trust God in, in the midst of this, and I, he hasn't wasted stuff, so I'm able to share different small mercies along the way and where God has used my hearing loss for his good, even though it's my pain in the midst of people, in the midst of their suffering. Um, about a year and a half ago, I visited Christ Community in Bartlett, and you were preaching, and I had never met you. I had heard that there was some new guy 
in town and um, and you were preaching and you shared, you know, your story. Um, you shared your story of drug addiction. And I remember just sitting there thinking with my wife, like, man, like God is so smart and he understands what it takes to reveal our humanity to us in such a way that draws us to our knees. And uh, your story is incredibly powerful. And I appreciate it. Even in your first time in front of the church where you're going to be a campus pastor, you were like, hey, 10 years ago or 12 years ago, I was a cocaine addict. And and the transparency and humility and uh, you leveled the playing field, if you will. And uh, I can only imagine um, how much more accessible um, you are. Because, again, pastors, you know, people put us on some kind of pedestal. and We're like, don't put us on a pedestal. We're human, you know. And um, I can imagine that your church um, has been greatly, greatly blessed by you. And um, whether it's your addiction or your current disability, um, both of them are humbling. And um, a humble pastor is a good pastor. (laughs) Prideful pastors, not good. (laughs) Prideful pastors do a lot of damage. (laughs) Prideful pastors with secrets are not healthy. Um, Yeah, that's, you know. A scripture that helps me would be the Apostle Paul wrestling with a thorn in his flesh and and just hearing from God, look, my grace is sufficient for you. I genuinely feel that I've internalized that message, which is my grace is sufficient for you. So there's lots of times I can't hear. The the funny side of it is that if my wife asks me to do something and I've forgotten, (laughs) she'll just assume I didn't hear her, which is great. When my kids wake up at nighttime and I've not got my hearing aids on, I genuinely have no idea they've woken up. So I always sleep deeply. Uh, the other side is what God really said to me when I've been wrestling him, wrestling with him with this hearing loss. So I'm thinking, God, how am I going to provide for my family if I go deaf? What does that look like? All he's kind of revealed to me is you can still hear me. So I can hear God as I read scripture. That's all I need. Um, I can still speak to him and I can still hear from him through scripture. And so I know with him, I can get through it. Uh, to be transparent, there are times when I do wish I could hear really well. But mm. uh, one story I'd like to share, I remember my daughter Jess praying for me probably a year ago. And she goes, Dad, how can I pray for you? And I said, Jess, I'm really sad with my hearing. Um, I'm having a really hard time not hearing you guys. and It makes me sad sometimes. She goes, well, let me pray for hearing. And I remember thinking, OK, Jess, <laughs> you can pray, but it's not going to get better. Uh, the next morning I woke up and could hear really, really well out of my right ear, which is very unusual. And I remember just this sense of awe and wonder. And that day I went to pick up some new hearing aids and their technology is great these days. And I put the hearing aids on and it was the first time in 10 years that I was able to hear out of my right ear. Wow. And I put them on. As I put those hearing aids on, I genuinely wept with delight. Uh, I can't mm. imagine what the resurrection body's going to be like and the wow. joy there. But I wept with delight. And then I was just reminded, wow, my daughter Jess prayed for that. And I was thinking, yeah, whatever. But the reality was God does hear. Um, my hearing's since gone again in my right ear. But what God revealed is he hears prayers, he loves us, he cares for us, and he has the power and will in the fullness of time uh, heal me fully, and I look forward to that day. Amen. So uh, one last question. Uh, As you look to the future, should Jesus not heal your ears this side of eternity? What is the time frame um, until you lose all hearing? 
It can vary um, case to case. So sometimes from the onset of Meniere's disease, it can be 10 years. I was definitely looking in my early 20s at losing my hearing in my later 20s. Mm-hmm. I just turned 40 and I can still hear. More than likely, I think uh, I will lose the hearing in my left ear in about five or six years time, mm-hmm. at which point uh, cochlear implants are an option. Wow. And and so I don't know about that tech. So I'm here. We're here. Let's let's go there. Um, how will that change? And and will that allow you to hear again? Uh, it's it's complex. Easy way to say it. Um, it will allow me to be functional. It won't allow me the regular hearing that everyone yeah. else has. So even as I'm speaking now, people say you've got a nice accent. I'm not sure I have. I don't always hear it. I hear like a slightly robotic tinny sound because I hear my own voice from my hearing aids. Yeah. If I don't have my hearing aids on, I can't even hear my own voice when I speak. Wow. So it will give me functional hearing, but it won't necessarily be high five. Oh, I can hear a bird in a tree behind me yeah. type hearing come lord jesus please (laughs) well with that uh, again um thank you every um podcast so far i've been um just mesmerized by what you're sharing and not because of your accent just because of what god has clearly done in you and through you so thank you and uh listeners i want to say thank you to you as well and uh, would you do us three favors You hear this every time, but we mean them. Would you please turn in, uh, submit your questions, vcob.org at a Village Church homepage. You can just click that button, says Q&A, podcast questions, and submit it there. It takes less than 30 seconds. Number two, would you share this podcast? And uh, I just have a strong hunch, um, Andy, this week will be some of the most shareable content that we have put out. And then finally, number three, would you rate and review these podcasts? Thank you, Village Church. We're going to see you tomorrow. And uh, Pastor Andy is going to talk about um, evangelism and his heart for evangelism and what it means to be effective in a postmodern world. Let's do it. See you tomorrow.